This is Richie Incognito of the Buffalo Bills. You're listening to Locked On Bills, presented by Cover One. Welcome back to another live edition of Locked On Bills, post-game reaction show here, uh, presented by Cover One. I'm your host today, Kevin Masseri, uh, here with Aaron Quinn. Aaron, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm much better. We finally got a victory to talk about here. It's been a stretch. It's been, uh, I know we've talked about it a little bit, but it's been crazy, crazy, crazy um, since that uh, 1031 date when we went live. Uh, talking about the Benjamin trade and then going into that uh, Jets game a couple of days later uh, was all systems go. And it's just been a brutal stretch of 20, 25, 26 days here. Um, so how are you feeling after uh, a Bills victory? I'm pretty surprised, honestly. Uh, I know the Chiefs were slumping, but uh, the way the Bills were slumping, I thought we would out-slump them, I guess, uh, in this game. And we tried to in the second half, but uh, we're able to come out with a victory, so I'm happy, man. Anytime the Bills win, I'm feeling good, even if it's not the you know most exciting victory of the season. Yeah, in this show, we're going to you know probably keep it about 30 minutes to make sure everyone can tune into that Steelers-Packers uh, game. I know it's not the largest implication game for the Bills at this point, but a little bit with the Steelers being in the AFC, uh, seeing what the Packers can do, um, it doesn't really matter, I guess. I mean, it, it doesn't really help for the Packers to win at all. So, um, you know, keep it keep it right there. It'll be interesting to watch. Um, so, you know, you know, we'll make sure you're out of here in the next 30 minutes. Getting into a little bit of this game, Aaron, uh, you know, right off the bat, you know, the Bills came off all systems roaring. Thought they played a really good defensive game in the first half, um, you know, limited Kansas City to one first down. I mean, what, what were your thoughts on that first half? Yeah, defense looked like uh, we have been expecting them to look here the past four weeks. Uh, so kind of maybe the defense is back a little bit, although I think you do have to grade them on a curve with this game with how bad the Chiefs have been rolling into this game but i was excited man i mean they kept them to what one first down in the first half or something like that Uh, so i mean if you could do that to a team and dominate them i would have liked to have seen the offense put a little bit more points up with how dominant the defense played but i mean you got to be happy with with that but like you were saying you know going into the show here uh alex smith has struggled against zone so uh that plays right into our our strength really yeah absolutely and you know alex smith has been he put on film that he wasn't very good into the zone defense and a, a defense that the Bills in particular run as most people sh- should know by now. Uh, they run you know a cover two of different versions of it. They'll they'll switch it up to man at, at times, but they really do run an exclusive cover, a uh, cover two, cover three uh, defenses. You'll see that you know throughout the game. You you saw that you know you really started to see uh, Alex Smith get into a groove with Travis Kelsey to start the third uh, the third quarter. Um, as he found him, you know, you dropped Lorenzo Alexander in coverage, not his best spot. Um, as he even came out after post game and said, you know, I'm, you know, I'd prefer to rush the passer. And you started to see that later in the game when he got a sack, um, which which is what he should be doing on third down, to be honest. Um, it's much more effective in a role there. But I mean, Alex Smith is, you know, he's generally putting on film that he's not good against the zone. So um, he struggled today. Andy Reid came out and basically said he's still our quarterback. No issues there. Uh, no, no Patrick Mahomes talk. It was interesting, Aaron. I think might not have been last week, but maybe two weeks ago. Uh, we talked about their correlation there, and you know they have a first-round pick grooming, and you know that they use two first-round picks on uh, that pick is growing in, in equity now for the Bills. Uh, it's probably you know the, the the Chiefs still should make the playoffs, um, at least the bare minimum at a wild card position, um, you know, especially with the weak AFC. So that that pick's probably still in the low twenties now, uh, which is much better than the thirtieth overall it looked like, twenty ninth, thirtieth overall it looked like. Ten picks better is a big deal. So you know, any any initial thoughts on their decision to roll with Smith and keep keep going with him 
Yeah, I mean, I think they might have looked at what happened here in Buffalo. I mean, totally different situation, though. First round pick versus a fifth round pick. And and a guy that performed pretty well in the preseason as opposed to a guy that performed average in the preseason. But still, um, they might have looked at that and said, look, man, like if we could just get back to what we were doing four weeks ago, five weeks ago, Alex Smith was playing well, right? The offense was playing well. And I think their problems are a little bit bigger than just Alex Smith. Uh, Guys are, are pretty blanketed. You know, guys that don't seem to be getting open. I know Kelsey was open a few times, uh, but that run game's not doing much for him. And early in the season when they had success, it was really predicated on Hunt was just destroying the league. I mean, and he you saw the graphs come up a couple times during the game, and he's just declined over their losing streak. I mean, I think those two things are correlated. I don't, I don't think it falls all on Smith. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about a team that's super close in stature to the Bills. I mean, what a, what a, what a similarity there. I mean, they've lost five out of six. Um, pretty much they're having pretty bad to average defensive play, although they played okay today defensively. Um, and and they have a quarterback behind their starter that's pr- probably going to take over sooner rather than later. Uh, they traded with the Bills, you know, gave up that extra pick. We hold their first round pick. Um, so there's there's crazy correlations there between the Chiefs and the Bills. Right. And, and and you know, to mention the Denison um, offense, we'll get into that in a minute. I see a lot of people talking about that, but I wanted to mention the correlation between McDermott and and Reed. You know, they're close friends. He texts them on a regular basis, so you have that connection. So it's it, they're, they're they're teams that are very close now. This you know they they're sitting there with the same record. I mean, Aaron, what what are, what are your thoughts? Do, do the Chiefs stick around and and keep in playoff position? Are they a, are they a playoff team? Are they going to get beat by the or uh, closed in by by probably their best team in the Chargers? Uh, I'd have to. I don't know what their schedules look like coming up. I, they've already played, right? Chargers and Chiefs. Yes, they or, played once, but they play a second time here coming play up. A second uh, time here in, in a couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, there's. It depends what the schedule looks like. I could see the Chargers. Uh, you know, they're playing good football at the right time, and any team that gets hot at the right time, you usually see one or two teams a year kind of push themselves into the playoffs. And the Chiefs seem like the team that either going to fall backwards into the playoffs or fall out of the playoffs here. I don't think that they're going to really bounce back and, and string together some victories. Um, but as far as the Broncos and Raiders, they, if anyone watched that game, I, I don't think either of those teams are going to be able to get out of the heap they're in. So it's definitely Chargers are the only ones that are going to be able to sure. knock them out of that uh, division lead there. Absolutely. And the Chargers play Cleveland, Washington, um, Kansas City, Jets, Oakland. I mean, they have a fairly not- fairly favorable schedule to go four and two at bare minimum. Yeah. Um, you know, that still puts them at nine and seven, uh, you know, but if they can sneak out another one and take care of KC, I don't know, they could knock KC right out, uh, due to tiebreakers or some other things. So I don't know. I don't think they're safe. Um, it was a good win for the bills to have on the tiebreaker. I mean, you have now two wins against teams with 500 records. You have the Oakland Raiders at five and six. So they're right there. I mean, yeah, sure. They beat the Jets bucks, um, you know, teams that, uh, quite frankly, under 500 and, 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 and the uh, Broncos. So, I mean, you have a couple of wins there, but who doesn't? Um, their strength of victory is fine. Um, there's, you know, so there's nothing really to talk about. I know a lot of people wanted to dissect those those early wins um, and, you know, make sure that they told us how, how poor that those other teams were playing. Uh, that's something common that, uh, uh, you know, people like to do when they look down the Bills' uh, schedule. Um, mm-hmm. But now it's at six and five. It's, you know, they're still in position. Uh, they're in as good of a position that they, uh, they as they've been in with a winning record at this point in the season, uh, sure. pretty much tied with Baltimore ahead of them right now, uh, with a chance to keep this you know being sole possession of, of sixth, um, which is which is a place that they haven't been in, Aaron. Yeah, I mean six wins and in, going into December here, that's not a bad thing for a first year coach. Uh, 
I don't like to say rebuilding situation, but a, a roster churning situation, building into their own roster. Uh, so I think that goes to show, you know, a lot of people have discredited McDermott this past week because of the quarterback move, but he's doing something right to have six wins in December with a team that was predicted at four, right? Absolutely. Yeah, they're predicted at four. They have six at this point, six through 11. I don't know that I would have signed off on that. I probably would have um, preseason. Um, right. I mean, that's right there. Uh, I'm not saying which wins or which losses I would have taken or not taken, but I, I think at six and five, if you would have said that that would have been the Bills record going into the Patriots game, I prop would you have taken that? Uh or would you be? Are you looking at seven and four right now? It depends when you ask me, I guess, in the summer yeah. preseason. But there was a while where I thought that you know I, we've talked about it, kind of leading up to the season too, that this, you know seven win minimum team. So I mean that puts them right in there with that mediocre to good football teams. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, no, I mean, it does. I mean, I I probably think the Bills to be doing serious damage needed to be seven and four at this point. Um, six and five is fine, especially after all those trades. Everyone thought they were tanking. I think at that point is what you're alluding to. We probably would have signed off at six and five at that point. Um, but at five and two, you definitely, I mean, obviously you're not going to sign off at six and five. I mean, that's not, you're not, you're not going to want to go one and three there. So um, especially with two Patriots games out of your remaining five, but you do have the Colts and two Dolphins games. So do you see the Bills at nine and seven? I don't know. I've been trying to get there. Um, and just, I don't know if it's years of abuse from being a fan of this team and knowing that uh, typical Bills will have one of these Miami games be a letdown or, you know, they go in and just stumble all over themselves against the Colts. Uh, you know, I, I'm chalking up the Patriots as both losses. So I, yeah, I think they have to win the other games. Uh, and because they have to, I, I don't know, man. It's hard for me to get to that point. But. They, I, I think they're going to have to get nine to seven because if you look at the Ravens' schedule, I know people are saying that the Bills can make the playoffs at eight and eight or whatever. They're running all the numbers and statistics, but we really need the Ravens to lose some games if it's going to be that case. Well, even a nine funny. and seven, yeah, it's going to be funny. I, I think that they'll be eight and six. I really do. I think that they'll take care of the Colts and the Dolphins at home on the first time uh, in Buffalo on those December games. But then you have that stretch of, you know, at Patriots at at uh, Miami. I mean, those are the two that it's going to come down to. Um, it's going to come down to a game, you know, in Miami, potentially at least for a share or, or talking about scenarios at that point. And maybe that's right. a letdown game you're referring to in Miami yeah. and great weather. They're going trying to end their season with a W uh, the bills falter down the stretch. That's the one that scares me, but just like we did to the jets, you know, for sure. your, those division games at the end of the year, man, I hate that. Absolutely. So you're eight and six. The Patriots at that point are, you know, week 16 are probably going to be playing for their final buy or their final thing. Um, they're sure. going to want to make sure they take care of the bills, their final threat and, you know, go into this, uh, you know, have a week off the following week against, uh, they probably play the jets. Um, but going into that game, they can probably rest Brady and do things like that. <clears throat> so if they play the dolphins, do you see that as, you know, do you see the dolphins as being able to take care of the bills at all? Yeah, I haven't watched a ton of Dolphins. I guess, you know, it depends who's at quarterback there. They've had some issues right now with Jay Cutler's health. Not that Moore is much better. I, I think they're going to have terrible quarterback play. Uh, it comes down to what the Bills can really do for themselves. Uh, I think that's a game that sure. I think the Bills should go in and win, but I can also see the Bills beating themselves. Now, I don't think Miami's going to come beat the Bills this year, but I do think the Bills could beat themselves in, in that game. Absolutely, and, they, and they've shown... 
they've shown their ability to beat themselves and uh, quite frankly has have an epic three game run of I, I don't know what that that three game run was that was that was something of just monumental collapse and not playing well on any of the three phases and it was just really weird really weird stretch of football that really they really needed to take one of those three games right. um the chargers and saints look like you know tough games but that that's still that jets game on thursday night uh, still sticks out to me as the one that you know would have put you in better afc position um, that was really the one I, I always go back to that, obviously that one in the Cincinnati game, I'm fine with the chargers and the saints loss. I actually had those both as losses, um, to start in my, in my lockdown bills. I think it was one of our first show, one of my first shows on lockdown yeah. saying the bills were going nine and seven and I had L's on both of those two games. So, yeah. um, it's that chat's one that stings or that Bengals one. I think, you know, they needed to have one of those two games. Um, and I'll keep bringing those up as, you know, those, those were the games that they, you know, they were on the road. Um, they haven't played great on the road. They played good here and they played good at Atlanta. Um, but do you think it was a mistake to play Peterman last week? Now looking back on it, do you, do you ultimately think that that cost them the playoffs? Do you think that that could cost them the playoffs? Well, I think there's a, you alluded to a couple games that I think, you know, they should have won. Those could cost them the playoffs. The Carolina game could cost them the playoffs and yes, the Peterman game could, um, but there's a number of that. There's a body of work here in a long season that could have done it. I guess if you, handle your business at one of those games the peterman thing isn't as big of a deal right um in hindsight yes to answer the question in hindsight it's a mistake um you know i i don't know that he he could have changed you know i I don't know if going back uh during the situation i think still i can understand the justification of what they're doing um i mean you have a big game against the patriots i still think to be serious to put yourself in position you need to take this game at home. You're not going to win on the road, most likely, even though they've dropped two. Their only two losses were uh, in New England, which is interesting. Um, they're five perfect, five and zero at home. Or excuse me, five and zero on the road. Uh, the Patriots are so they get it done on the road. You know, I don't care what elements will be here in, in Orchard Park next Sunday. Won't bother Tom Brady. Um, no. Don't root for terrible weather because that'll only affect the Bills team more than it will affect Tom Brady. Um, I mean, I really think this is the time. They're soaring high. I mean, this, the Saints just lost, the Jaguars just lost, so teams are you know, kind of breaking those, those winning streaks. Um, do you think it's time for that Patriots streak to end in, in some, some crazy fashion of a game? Uh, the fan in me really hopes for that, right? I'll be at the game, so that'd be phenomenal to uh, witness that. Um, but the guy that's pragmatic, that's in the inside of years of abuse, thinks – uh, the way this defense is played, you know, they bounced back a little bit today, but they're playing against Tom Brady, not Alex Smith. And that guy in me thinks that the Patriots might just come into town and just roll right through us. Um, just like I've thought all years, every time I saw that game on the schedule, I chalked it up to a loss. And I'd like to think you're right that maybe this is the one that they drop, uh, but I'm not there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not necessarily there either, but, you know, I don't believe they're going to go 14-2. and two. They're going to drop probably a road game. Um, they're not going to go eight and zero on the road. I don't believe so. I, I don't know. I don't know if you know the Bills can have enough to get it done. Um, they're going to have to do a lot of things right, as we've already talked about, um, to take care of New England to at least get themselves in a position. I mean, New England, quite frankly, won a couple of really close games against Tampa, the Jets. Um, they've been taking care of business a little bit more lately now. I mean, they they lost to the Kansas City, the team the Bills just beat. So. Um, you know, there, there, there's some things that there has to be on film for some advantages, you know, you know, in the Bills' favor. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll probably have a lot of those pregame shows uh, coming up, you know, in the next couple of days. You know, some breakdown shows, some some lockdown this week. You know, stay tuned to those. Um, you know, getting into a little bit more about this game, you know, Rick Dennison. I do think he struggled. I do think he's one of the Bills' weak links. Uh, we have a couple of comments in there. 
Um, you know, I'm pretty vocal in the fact that I don't think he runs a very good offense. I think he got really conservative in the second half. Um, they were, you know, they threw the ball 24 times in the first half and it was fairly, and it was working fairly well and went and threw the ball five. I was joking because uh, Tyrod Taylor actually has only won one or two games when throwing 30 passes. So I said, oh, well, Tyrod's only going to throw 29. And yeah, he did. He only threw 29, five passes in the second half. Aaron, is that a problem? Uh, it, I didn't, I was bothered by the conservative play. I kind of said it a few times. They act like they're up by 14 or more uh, in many situations where they really should have put the uh, pedal to the floor and really try to put this game away. Uh, and they just came out and, and did that. I don't know if that comes from McDermott or not. Uh, he seems to be quite a conservative sure. guy. So I don't know if that's something like, hey, we got the lead. Let our, you know, our defense is playing well. If it is, I, I don't like it, no matter who it's coming from. Uh, I agree with a lot of people that Denison you know, it looks to me as a fan that the play calling has been pretty bad, especially there in the second half. Uh, but so much goes into a play. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the guys that, you know, scout the games cover, you know, Eric and some of these guys come up with to see what went wrong in some of the plays that get busted up. Because uh, the play looks much worse when a guy misses an assignment. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, you have a lot to be said when Trent Green's basically saying, um, they're running two-man routes. I mean, they're trying different things. They're, they're trying to be aggressive but still limit the risk on a play, um, which is okay. Uh, you know, run, you know, running two-man routes, that's tough. I don't know what – you better have, you know, real good separation. When, you know, you're having Deontay Thompson, Zay Jones is running the two routes at times, Andre Holmes. Um, you know, these are guys, you know, fourth – you know, third and fourth receivers on most teams. Um so, I mean, I think it, it's it's challenging to me. I mean, you, you had a series where you ran zone read uh, up the middle for, you know, two straight plays, and then you had a zone read uh, option by Tyrod on, on third down, and it just it just, it just just was crazy. I mean, yeah. I, I, I didn't like the play calling. Uh, I really think I can allude to one play by Tyrod Taylor. It was a low throw to Nick O'Leary that, you know, everyone likes to, to, to mention. Still a completion for 13 yards to get him in a makeable third down. I'm sure, yeah, I could have gone for 10 or 15 more. But outside of that, I mean, I, I really do have a problem with the play calling over um, execution by whether it's the receivers, the running backs, or the quarterbacks. Um, someone just did a study that I wanted to bring up. The Bills wide receiver separation was, you know, in the bottom of the league in the last three weeks that leading to the three-game uh, you know, losing streak. They're just not getting open. Um so, I mean, I think McD uh, McDermott and maybe Dennison, I don't know which one or which way it, it is. I I'm going to blame it more on Dennison at this point uh, for the conservative play calling um, and uh, really not wanting to take a risk and not wanting those like you saw with, you know, DeMarco. I mean, you called a, basically called a fullback screen last week that bobbled off his hands and for an interception. I don't know if he tr doesn't trust his weapons. Um, and, you know, you, you don't trust your wide, you know, what your wide out. Someone says, you know, they don't like Holmes. Why couldn't we cut the guy for an extra pick? Um I mean, they like him on special teams. Yeah, I think he's a special teams player. Uh, you don't need to get me going on the compensation formula, which would be cutting a couple of the Bills' backup players for a third-round pick, something I think that they should have done, especially post those third game, uh, three or three-game losing streak. But you don't want to get me going on that, Aaron. Uh, and, well, yeah, but it's also, you know, it's a it's a move that we can't do now anyway. So uh, it's being a dead horse to, to bring up cutting those guys. Cause they're here for the rest of the year. Right. And they're like, Holmes isn't going anywhere. None of those guys are going anywhere. I think you bring up a good point. I, I want to check out that study here uh, this evening on the separation, but I mean, it looks that way, right. When uh, you're watching replays and stuff, I saw one, one sack that Taylor was scrambling and he got sacked. A lot of reporters and stuff are like, Oh, that one's on Taylor. And you look, Charles Clay's being held and everybody else is in tight coverage. And it's like, well, you know, is it really on Taylor? I, We'll have to see, you know, when when the tape comes out of that. But 
uh, I do think it's hard to play quarterback, whether it's Nate Peterman or Tyrod Taylor, whoever's back there. If guys aren't open, and I know everyone's like, well, throw them open. You know, that sound, you know, it's a lot easier sounding than it is to do when you're, you're not one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, sure. And I mean, I, th- I think you can point to the, you know, struggling offensive line play. I mean, one time actually Tyrod would have had a really good scramble, but you know, uh, Richie tripped him and he was right in sure. front of him. And it, it was just unfortunate timing on that, on that specific scramble. Uh, I think the running game needs to do a lot more than it's been doing in the last couple of weeks. I mean, you have 37 carries for 104 yards. I mean, against a bad Kansas city defense, I mean, a bad yeah. Kansas city defense by all statistical measures, you can point out many different stats that they, that they came into this game with. Um, that should have favored the Bills' offense. Um, and Shady had, what, like two yards a carry? 2.2, 22 yeah. for 49. That's just That's not, not what you got to go away from that after about the 15th carry. Whatever the whatever the problem is, um, I just I just don't see the purpose of of uh, beating a dead horse at that point into the third and fourth quarter. It just wasn't working. Uh, Traveris Cadet went for six for 28. Someone said, is he a good running back too? Yeah, I mean, fine. he's fine. I mean, I'm fine with him at this point. He's better than Mike Tolbert. Um, he's going to be able to receive out of the backfield, uh, which can greatly help in offense. He caught three balls for 21 yards. Um, he had a nice uh, first down run, too, that was called back on a holding. Did he? Uh, by Dawkins. Uh, yeah, Dawkins was uh, caught holding. It was like oh, a second. Right. second. Yep. Yeah, I remember that specific play um, now that I'm thinking about it. And, yeah, I mean, he's came in uh, in two weeks. You know, he's came in and had six, uh, nine carries already for 45 yards in two games and nine catches for – 60 yards. So, I mean, you have a guy that's, you know, got over hundred yards in two games. He's getting back up numbers. Um, you know, it's doing more than Tolbert in my opinion. Sure. Um, so yeah, absolutely. It was a fine signing. He's a, he's a pretty good guy uh, to have on your roster. You can play special teams. He had, he adds a little bit to kick return, punt return. So, um, I think he, he, he's been a fair, fair player. Um, I'm definitely fine with him in special teams in the receiving game. I want to see a little bit more out of him in the running game, but you mentioned, um, you mentioned uh, a specific run that he had, and it was it was a hole that that really set the drive back. And I think that was the play, the following play, or the next play was the one to Nick O'Leary um, that yeah. that they missed. But you know that those holds were brutal. I mean, there are a couple of penalties. They didn't call a lot of penalties, which I was appreciative of. Uh, but a couple of them that they did call were really really changed the game. I mean, you had a you had a a targeting call. I mean, an unnecessary, unnecessary roughness or hit on a defenseless receiver. Yeah, and they never um, explained which was, but. It, it was a very brutal call. Um, obviously, the Bills held and, and had an interception a couple of plays later, but one that could have changed the game. Sure. Um, you just getting that call wrong. So, you know, it seems like every week there's something with these guys. But, you know, for the most part, they kept the flags to themselves, especially in the first half. There wasn't many at all. Um, second half, they right. just, the Bills still only had five or six penalties. Uh, I think it was six for 50 each way. So it was, I guess, apparently fair. Um you know, there, there was no one way or the other, and the Bills ended up winning the turnover differential again. Uh, one did nothing in this case, um, which is a more sustainable uh, number, right? Not not yeah. four or five. Right. Um, you know, one one interception is not not you know incredibly hard to you know to think you're not going to be able to do that week to week. You know, your defense is talented enough to turn the ball over once, sure. um, and that one they almost had a couple, almost, right? That that Poirier one, even though you don't want the interception where he would have got it, uh, that was almost a pick. There was another batted ball that went up where earlier in the year they were getting them. They just didn't get to it this time. So some of that stuff was coming back on defense, which is good to see. And like McDermott says, that stuff comes in bunches. So maybe that's a good sign headed into yeah, the New England. Start of this, the next wave of turnovers. Right. Yeah. Um, they started the season with only one against the Jets, and then they, they spiked from there. So maybe they, they start to get some of those going into this week. Yep. Um, someone said they didn't like the holding call. I'm a, I think you're referring to the Dawkins one we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, he was fully extended, though. He 
he, his arm was fully extended. He turned the guy around. If you turn the guy, you're going to get back on the yeah. edge too, specifically. Um, right. And the run went right to the edge. So you're, that's going to, that flag's going to come every time. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It's almost like, you know, at, at times I wish tackles knew that I'd rather that play go for a yard or two um, than, than the holding call. Cause you know, now you need 11 or 12 yards in the next play to make up for where it would have been. Um, so almost, it's almost worth letting him go and seeing if your running back can still get there or make a move to, to get three or four or five yards. Um, but you know, that, that, that kind of hold is, is brutal. Um, yeah. and it's not the, whoever said it is right. It's like not much of a hold, right. It didn't really affect the play, but you turn that guy's body in any mm-hmm. way. Uh, I think with minimal contact is what he's referring to, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that's gonna, that's gonna get called just due to the, the way the play is a stretch play. I mean, you're running right. to the outside left, um, your left tackles holding. I mean, you're, you're going to get that call, even though on other points of the game, it might not happen on a pass play or something. Uh, you're going to get that call and the runs going right there at the point of attack. So. A couple um, of uh, good stats here real quick, because I know we want sure. to wrap up for that Sunday night game. Uh, I really thought in the second half we should have seen more of this, too. Clay had uh, four catches on four targets for 60 yards, so it was good to see him back in the offense a little bit, leading receiver here this year. Uh, one for me to worry about a little bit was Zay was three receptions on 10 targets. I know he had the big touchdown, and he had a couple nice catches, um, but he 30%... Uh, Again, yeah, that's the number you don't want to see. I mean, you can't, it doesn't matter whose fault it is. If it's the offensive coordinator, if it's Zay's or if it's Tyrod's or someone else um, or a combination of the three. I'm sure there is a combination in those, but yeah, there's probably a little bit of, of all three at depending on which target we're referring to. But um, you know, if if you're going 30% on a target, you just got to look elsewhere. And I mean, you just have to look elsewhere. It doesn't matter whose fault it is. That's especially when you're only throwing 29 times, 10 of those targets going to Zay. 30% 30% completion percentage. You're just hurting your efficiency big time. Yeah, you're, someone said third down drop was brutal. Yeah, that one would have been on Zay. Um, I agree with that one. Um, you know, there, there's others where, you know, if they're just, if he's, you don't know if he's running the wrong route, you don't know if, Ty, if Tyrod's putting it at the right place or the wrong place. None of us know that. Sure. Um, but it was another game where you can't have a 30. I mean, that's you need to be over 50%. You need to be, unless you're a premier primetime receiver that was just getting him chucked up to him in the end of a game scenario or something. Yeah. Um, you know, you need to, to just soak up 10 targets. I mean, that's where Benjamin, you, you can almost see that he was trying to play that role, in my opinion, early on. Sure. I think that he took away some of those targets that we were going to give to Benjamin. Um, but, I mean, where maybe Benjamin has those sure hands, even though he doesn't get the separation, those are the kind of plays he does make. So I'm interested to see if he's able to go next week. Um, I, I, I bet Blackwood didn't make injury. I think he adds another final dimension now that he's learning the playbook, getting used to really not even being able to play with Tyrod yet. Um, as for that 56 yard of performance against the saints and then, uh, Peterman, the debacle, uh, and then him getting hurt. I mean, with the first throw. So, I mean, he really hasn't had any time with Tyrod Taylor. Um, he had like one practice week with Tyrod one practice week with Nate. Um, you know, so it'd be nice to see him play. So it'd be nice to see the a healthy wide receiving core. Really. I, I put it out before the game, if, if, you know, Benjamin Matthews, Zay Jones, and get these guys all where they belong. Right. Zay doesn't belong being the number one target in this offense. So, yeah, get guys where they belong, and I think you'd see a little bit more production out of that passing game. Yeah, someone says how how healthy is uh, how healthy is Matthews? He doesn't look very healthy to me. He doesn't look healthy all year. Um, I don't know. He I've been very well, disappointed they, with him. I did uh, when he first hurt his chest. What the football pro football doctor or whatever said, you know, he would be able to play through the pain, and that it would gradually get better. But that injury alone would not heal throughout the season as long as he continued to play uh, but that he would be able to play with it but then you couple that on with multiple injuries i mean 
it's just a bad break for this guy. Um, but yeah, I don't think he's incredibly healthy right now. Yeah, what's crazy is uh, Tyrod had 10 incompletions. Seven of them were to Zay. I mean, yeah. isn't that crazy? Seven of his 10 incompletions were to, to Zay. Um, so you're not, you're not getting productive. It doesn't matter whose fault it is. You know, that's not what we're here to say. Uh, it's just you're just getting unproductive play um, with, when those two are playing with each other at this point. So, but, but Jay's- TD was nice. I'll give him that. Yep. And there was that one, uh, the one deep shot, I think really the only big-time deep shot of the day, uh, went right off of Zay's fingers. Uh, it was a beautiful pass by Tyra. Would have been a tough catch. Um, but it was nice to see them try to go deep with that connection. Absolutely. Um, you know, I wanted to give a shout out to, you know, mybookie.ag. Uh, get over there, um, give it a run. If you like sports betting like I do, give it a give it a shot. A lot of good lines already coming up for next week. Um, get in there. Really easy to use. Use a promo code locked on for 100% sign up bonus. Uh, it's really fun. Um, you know, I have a great time with it, you know, picking different games and giving it a whirl. Mybookie.ag. Um, you know, really get into our final thing here, Aaron. What what do you want to see against the Patriots? I know not many people. It's one of those games we've talked about on different lockdown shows as being kind of like one of those you don't have anything to uh, lose games where, you know, everyone's chalking up as an L. If you're really looking at the playoff picture, you're counting this as an L anyways, both Patriots games. You're really trying to see if you can beat the Dolphins twice and the Colts once to get to that nine and seven and seeing if that's enough. Uh, what are you looking to see? If, you know, kind of kind of kind of give us a little little insight into this game in your quick opinion. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if we're going to get beat, right, I want to get beat swinging. I want to go down not being passive aggressive or not being, you know, not aggressive. I want to go down taking shots, letting Tyrod run around, do his thing, get that defense broken down uh, and getting some pressure on Brady. I'm not saying get sacks, but I want to see Brady, you know, getting hit because that's really the only way to kind of get to him at all. I just don't want to see this be one of those where he's just moving the ball down the field whenever he wants, however he wants, and they're just beating us in the face. Uh, you know, if we can just come out and, and take some shots on them, uh, that would make me feel pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to say, like, I'd prefer to, even if they lose, like, a 20-16 to 16 game we saw against the Bengals earlier in the season, something like that, um, just these those – 54 to 24s or 47 to 10s are just brutal to watch. Oh, um, they don't do anything that you can't really develop anything. You start making crazy decisions, start guys changing. get hurt. Guys get hurt. I mean, you just, there's nothing good that can happen from that. Even if it, even if it's still a loss, then you just chalk it up and not even talking about moral victories here. I'm just talking about right. something, you know, for enjoyment of the game and being able to watch that kind of, uh, that style of football. So yeah, that three game stretch was as bad of a three game stretch and which is crazy that the bills are six and five sitting in a playoff position right now before the Ravens play. Um, and we'll get into a lot of those playoff scenarios with the ESPN playoff generator that comes out in Wednesday or Thursday uh, for the first time. So that's easy. I think uh, you might be able to get in on it now. Is it, is it open for the season? I think it is. Really? Okay. Yeah. Usually they, they do it right at the completion of this week. So, um, you know, who owns the tiebreaker, the Titans, Titans or the Bills? Um, it really depends on AFC record, and there's too many games left. They don't play each other. Um, no, and I think so we're more worried about the Ravens. You're gonna, yeah, you're gonna be more worried about the Ravens, um, which the Bills will hold the tiebreaker if they're in a tiebreaker nine and seven scenario. If they lose to the, uh, excuse me, they beat the Lions next week. So you want them to actually beat the Lions, which is weird. If they're gonna win a game, it's because of AFC games. So right. if they if they lose to the Lions, that means they're one and three in the NFC, and the Bills are two and two in the NFC, which means that any tiebreaker scenarios, the uh, Ravens would have more AFC wins to make up for the one extra loss that they had against the NFC. Does that make sense? I understand what you're saying. Okay. Um, and so just a brief people, rundown on that. Right. And when people ask me about that stuff, really, it comes down to the Bills, right? The Bills got to yep. do take care of their business. Otherwise, none of it matters. 
And we can we we're going to do. I'm, I'm I'll probably if if you know we'll do a show. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be this week, maybe next week, or maybe as it gets um, closer. Yeah, as it gets a little bit closer, I can we can do a show and kind of break down some of those things. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's simplest form: building to win, and then just have the other teams that you're trying to watch lose. I mean, you don't need to worry about tiebreakers. Have them lose as many games as you can. Have the Bills win as many games as you can, and see where it all falls out. Yeah, if we're um, in that scenario at the end of the year, I'll be pretty excited. If, so if yeah, it comes I mean, comes down to some tiebreakers. You know what? Yeah, I mean, just yeah, like we'll the Jags lost today doesn't really do anything. Um, you know, they're 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 too far ahead in terms of a lot of different other uh, scenarios. So uh, it was it was cool to see. It was interesting. Um, but you know, right now actually the the, the Jags are the play are the wild card team because the Titans take it. So um, take one last question. Will nine and seven take it? Um, I think in a lot of different scenarios it could. Uh, I think it will. Someone will take it at nine and seven. I don't know if it's right. the Bills. Um, it's going to be a team with nine and seven in playoff scenarios. So that's why I'm saying as we get a week or two out, and if they're still in that kind of position going to that Dolphins and um, the Dolphins and Patriots game we talked about earlier on the show to end this season, yeah, we'll get into some of those scenarios and what needs to happen and a lot of that stuff. I'll, you know, we'll go live just for a couple of those shows, um, you know, as we get closer. I want to see them put a couple of games together. Uh, even if after a Patriots loss, I want to see them take a couple of games and um, really go from there. And, you know, we really appreciate you guys coming on this, this post game show. Um, and, you know, from Locked on Bills, you know, we wanted to make sure we shout out to PFF, one of our partners, and you know, give us a review on iTunes. Uh, you leave your Twitter handle for a chance to win a PFF membership. Great in debates, great in arguing, um, great in, you know, Twitter conversation. So make sure you get out there and do that. Uh, keep this short. Sunday Night Football, Aaron. Um, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go kind of watch the game. I'm not super excited to watch the Packers without Rodgers, but uh, I need some fantasy points out of Brown. So I'll, I'll keep my eye on the game tonight. And then, uh, you know, we'll be sharing content with you guys the rest of the week. Absolutely. You know, we really look forward to it and uh, get on there and uh, check out a couple of our shows. I know Eric Turner's doing a show tomorrow. Um, you know, we really look forward to that and uh, you know, check us out. Thanks for tuning in.